On this episode of Resi Week, we talk NKBA's luxury bath event, is AI changing IoT, and the right profit levers. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 335, Rigging It Up. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends. First, we have Mr. Seth Johnson. He is a software development manager at Blackwire Design. How are you doing, Seth? Doing, doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, I didn't celebrate yesterday, and I feel bad about it. Um, we're recording this. My neighbor set up enough fireworks for you and me both. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, for some reason, my wife is like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to the office on Monday. I'm like, no, it's the 4th. We're taking it off. She's like, no, I'm, I'm going to work. I'm like, Dang it. You were my excuse to not go. <sighs> so I went to work. Uh, then the person chuckling there is Tim Albright. He's the founder of Aviation. How you doing, my friend? I am well, sir. And and as people need to be reminded, you're Canadian, so no, you didn't work. You know, you 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 worked yesterday. I did work. Yeah, but I'm married to an American, so typically she didn't care. Was it, I noticed was it their Canada Day like right yeah, before. On the yeah, it was on Friday, but I was I was yeah. trying to get a lovely four day weekend. Four day weekend, nah, smart, right? Smart, like, yeah. why not? And Fee just kind of nicks that in the bud, didn't she? Oh, yeah. She's like, no, no, we're going to work. We have a busy week. I'm like, I don't, I don't, but these are those times where you realize you don't, like you own your company, you're in charge, you're the CEO. Yeah, you're not. The accountants, your wife, those people tell you what to do. All right, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. NKBA has hosted its first luxury bath summit. Uh, they go through a, a bunch of really cool things uh, in this this two-day virtual event that was uh, based on the findings from their most recent market research report. Uh, there's a lot of cool, interesting things in this. Take a look. Obviously, luxury baths are uh, moving up in square footage, which should surprise no one who's following along with this. Uh, tech is a priority, which I question. Um, albeit a hidden one that enables ease, convenience, safety, and experience. Uh, if you get further down into that, though, um, one of the one of the quotes here is from a, an owner of Kitchens by request, uh, saying that they they want technology, they just don't want to have to work the technology. Which, yeah, okay. So Seth, let's <laughs> let, let's start with that. Um, none of this report is surprising to me. I am not shocked that people are asking for more real estate for their for their bathrooms. Um, they're looking for higher grade finishes. They're looking for cooler things like heated floors and heated tubs and waterfall events and lighting and all the fun stuff. Um, the thing that I, I there is this push for tech in kitchens and bathrooms, and there's a push within the industry, our industry that is, about all this tech that's going into kitchens and bathrooms. And I, for one, still do not see it, and I do not understand it. And the statement by um, Blue Arnold here reminds me of that. People want tech, but they don't want to touch it, i.e., 
They want it automated. I get that. But what what do they want stinking automated? And where does this align with anything that we do beyond some shades and maybe some music and maybe some lighting control, which we're doing in the rest of the house. It's not like we're one-offing the master bath or the main bath. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. The, the, the <laughs> most I do know are the, like some of the, the new high-end showers have um, connections in for audio speakers and, and, and internet connectivity so you can tell it to set a specific temperature uh, on the dial, so to speak, so so you don't get burned when you walk in the shower, or you do get burned. I, I don't know, however you like it. Um, but I, I'd really, other than supplying a Cat Five to where traditionally there wouldn't be a Cat Five or a Cat Six. It's all going to be Wi-Fi. Uh, it's yeah, all Wi-Fi. Right, it's all wireless. Yeah. It is. Other, other than that, I, I really don't know what is going to be involved with an integrator here. I, I'd like to know, honestly, like if there's anything that we'd have to be involved. But it seems like these dis- these discussions and these decisions probably made well in advance of anybody reaching out to an integrator and asking for about the home automation and getting mm-hmm. the TV squared away. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Tim, I, I can't get past the, we don't want to work the technology side yeah. and I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this. I've got obviously the AV company in the last couple of years, we've kind of picked up and, and increased the, the construction company that I had started a couple of years ago is doing more and more things. This past spring, the construction arm did one of the nicest bathrooms we've ever done. It is glorious. Automated lighting. There's actually no audio in it, but it's got everything. It's got the heated floors. It's got the massive Kohler um, shower system. It's got all that stuff. We talk sound tiles, which are a Kohler product. Um, We talked a lot of that integrated stuff, and they're like, I don't want to... I have a hard enough time with the multi... Um, valve to, to tell me that I want the hand shower or the, or the main shower or the waterfall. I, I don't want to run in and, and have an LED screen that I got to plush inside the stinking shower. I don't even want to screw with the heated floors. So how do we go and pitch technology that you don't ever have to work with? Because I know for myself, if I take a shower and want to listen to music, I will never have a single song that I like enough to put on a shower button and I hit that and that song plays when I jump in the shower. It is a variety of music that I play from my phone when I go in to take a shower. Or you could play your favorite podcast, you know, that, that could be it. Just over and over. Yeah, yeah I, I do. <laughs> All the time. It's it's my intro, just on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you might, you might have actually just hit on it there, right? Is Is connecting with what people are already using. Um, instead of pushing shower and it plays a song, you press shower and it connects to your wireless device and then you do whatever the heck you want. I mean, it, it's, I, I think that the technology in kitchen and bath are, it's there and I understand the, I don't want to touch it features, but we are touching it, right? We, we are interacting with it, whether you're playing it from your phone or you're playing it from a button, we, we are, you know, connecting with it and, and leveraging Sonos or, you know, some other device, um, you know, in, in, in my kitchen, I've got an Alexa. I've got an Alexa uh, show, right? Um, and I use it when I'm cooking um, just because I want background music. Um, but I don't, I don't interact with it necessarily. It's not something that I, I leverage on a daily basis when it comes to all the functionalities, but it's there. Um, so I, I think that, that you know, integrators are going to have to figure out 
what exactly their, their clients are trying to do. And that goes back to an age old question of, you know, oh, hey, I want X, Y, Z. That's great. What are you trying to accomplish? Right. Mm -hmm. what, what are you trying? What exactly are you are you trying to do and getting down to the core of, of, of the client's wants and needs and then developing an, a, a system, designing a system and then imp implementing it based on that that ultimate need, that ultimate want, uh, instead of trying to figure out, oh, how can I squeeze an 8K TV into this job because I think it's cool and I think the client will think it's pretty bad, you know, badass to go, oh, I, I have a, an 8K TV. No. What are they trying to do? That would solve the window problem when you don't have a window, though. That's true. Yeah, pretty much. Or you don't like what's outside the window. That, that's also true. All right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from CE Pro, how AI is changing the smart home market. Uh, it's with, with features like audio detection and facial recognition, boosting awareness and lower prices for smart home, IoT gear. That is the key right there is the, the smart home IoT side. Uh, essentially, there was a, a research study done by Interpret uh, saying that the six... Uh, there's a variety of things in here. Go read the report. Um, the, the six that they highlight are the advanced features that are most requested among smart camera owners, uh, which are things like video analytics to detect a package being moved or an object being moved, enhanced encryption, video verification of events, color night vision, uh, video analytics that identify people, animals, objects, etc., and audio analytics that detect smoke or uh, CO2 alarms, breaking glass, gunshots, etc. Tim, I am doing everything in me not to just bemoan the fact that none of this is AI um, at all. But we're not going to go down that vein because Seth and I will we'll just berate each other over the... I'll, I'll go down that vein. I don't have a problem with it. No, I mean, most of it. I don't want to because it's a, it's a wormhole of no one seems to know what AI actually is. Um, and, and this is none of it. That being said, these are features that people are looking for, but outside of a lot or a few of the true smart home devices, none of the major manufacturers of quote unquote professional devices really have these features. You cannot go get your typical four channel, eight channel NVR and have quality presence control with decent notification, right? They do have some cool things they can do, but they're, if they can do it, their notification aspect does not pair up really well with something like ring, for example, what is it going to take? Is there any opportunity for those technologies to really get pushed into, you know, our typical product sphere, or is that just going to honestly go by the way and, and we're all just going to install ring cameras for lack of a better generic term. Yeah. I mean, let's, we'll pick on ring for a second because they've got the some, some slight history of, of some security uh, concerns uh, about two, three years back. Um, and that, that's, they're going to play into exactly what I'm going to talk about. And that's the API. Um, that's how the commercial brands, and I don't care what commercial control system you're talking about, that's how they're going to interact with some of these things. So you leverage, I almost hesitate to, to call it a doorbell, a video, a video doorbell, an edge device, but that is almost kind of what it's acting at. It's acting as an edge device, hmm. and then it connects to the control system and say, hey, by the way, 
my my internal smarts has allowed me to do some sort of facial recognition or a people recognition or recognize the fact that there's a a package at the door or <laughs> the package was there and now it's not a different conversation it's biking away down the street it's biking away down the street um but that that api um will allow the the, the video doorbell to say to go tell the control system hey these are the parameters that, that you said are important to you. One of those has been triggered, right? One of those, those events has happened. And then a preset number of, of automations can certainly take place based on the, the criteria um, from the, the edge device, from the video doorbell. I think that's how you're going to get it. You're not going to get, you know, the, the big control system players to go, to go develop their own uh, video doorbells and with with all these things internal no they're going to leverage the smarts the smart people to do the smart things that, that the other folks that the consumers want them to do and then tell them hey this has happened now go do what you're supposed to do when when x y and z happens i, I want to pull that thread a little bit seth i don't see the advancements that are, that are being made in the the iot space in, in the realm that we're talking I don't see them opening up their APIs to a point to where we can do what Tim is, is, is saying. The concept is amazing, but I'm, I, I view it's more likely that there'll be an app or, or, or again, just to use this example, there'll be a ring app that you can put on your Samsung TV that'll pop up and tell you, hey, that object was moved or it'll pop up again through the app on your phone. I don't see it going to Crestron or Control 4 or Elan or URC or RTR or whoever you want it to be, Savant, doesn't matter. I, I don't see them giving up that type of control. I continually see the advancements just being stuck in the IoT space and our world not having either the dedication or the monetary uh, upside to figure this out to make this happen. Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit broader than that, too, because what we don't have that they have is a controlled ecosystem, right? We're mm -hmm. using off-the-shelf cameras, like Tim was talking about, that have an open API like OnViv or RSTP or whatever. And, and we're going grabbing those off the shelf and saying, okay, these have analytics inside of them. Now I've got to send that trigger over to a control system. Now that control system has to come up with a way to do a push notification to a cell phone that may or may not have a, an image along with it, you know, that you're relying on another manufacturer to develop and host servers and do all this stuff to make sure all that works. And so, you know, Ring, is, Ring has done one thing, like they've made their own ecosystem around that one little doorbell. So it, it makes sense to me from a technology standpoint, while they are able to knock off those little features that are that are creature comfort features, right? Like it, the, the ring doorbell may or may not catch the person stealing the package. More than often it does. You know, it does a pretty good job of that. Um, but, you know, the same thing could be said for, you know, uh, a pro installed camera. Like they're, they're, it may or may not catch the license plate of the car that you wanted it to catch when mm -hmm. you installed the camera. So, it, you know, it's it, it, technology wise, I think we're we're talking with the we're talking about the same thing. The problem is that we don't have the same controlled ecosystem with the same deliverables. Like we we there, there's a million different ways that we can rig our Rube Goldberg machines up <laughs> to deliver that notification to the client because that's what we've done. Like we've we've put these things together to where all those dominoes have to fall into place. Um, 
and sometimes they don't. Uh, and if we don't know how to make this domino hit that domino, we tend to throw our hands up and give up and walk away yeah. or not sell that feature. Ring has said, okay, here's the domino that we're going to knock over. And, and, and because they're able to control every aspect all the way from the person going up and pressing the doorbell to the notification on the phone, they're able to control the qual they're able to do quality control all the way along that line. So there, there's a big difference. And I don't know that we're ever, ever, ever without having like a control for or a Crestron or RTI or whoever to do like a full on integration with only their products that they have control over completely, which is very hard to do. Um, I don't know that we're going to ever going to get there. See, I, I just, I, these stories come up all the time and I just feel that they're never going to get past the, the IOT space. Not that that's necessarily bad. That's the thing is, I mean, in, in this space, I don't have to. Well, that's because what I mean. They're, they're, they're always going to be there, right? You're, you're, you're always going to have products available at, at Home Depot and, and, you know, Lowe's or wherever, or on Amazon, um, that that com that com customers will want to integrate or or at least try out or hey I saw this because at somebody's house. Well, and it, that's why that's why the onus is on Snap One. It's on you know Elon. It's on the, the the control manufacturers to to integrate. Crazy idea to integrate all of these things, um, in, you know, with in, inside the home, and make 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 margin and, and make the effort to say yes, we we can be inclusive. You don't have to buy, buy everything because they get it. The c customers aren't always going to do, you know, give them one PO for all of the product that they make. Yeah, I like it. All right, let's change topics yet again. This comes to us from Residential Systems, pulling the right profit levers. Not levers, but levers. Uh, this is from Matt Bernath, uh, as, as I got Seth to chuckle there. Um from from vital talking about this is kind of an excerpt from their monthly ci business mastery classes uh going through the different levers for profit uh, specifically mix margin and then the rule of 47 so go read the article it's it's honestly one of the um better business articles that i've seen in quite a while uh out of the channel which doesn't shock me coming from the from the vital gentleman um there are there's a couple interesting takeaways though that I that I saw in here that I kind of want to dig into, um, specifically the rule of forty seven. We, we we were talking pre show Seth, and the the concept of the rule of forty seven is that it should be a good target for your blended margin. I.e., if you go into a uh, a project and you've got X amount of uh, equipment and parts, you should then have about 40%, 40, sorry, 47% of that is your labor cost. Well, I like this as a business owner. It looks fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to think about how I would apply this in my business. On anything that I would deem a project, it looks really good and, and probably fairly accurate. I, I do want to compare some of our recent ones to see how it lines up. But on anything that I would classify as like a job, i.e. either, you know, a, a service call or a, a hang and bang on a TV or, or just, you know, a small one day project. I don't know if it holds up. And, and by holds up, I mean, like it could be vastly off. If you're looking at a $5,000 TV and soundbar install, how are you like, can you justify $2,500 ballpark 
in labor? How how do you how do you take rules like this and and apply it across the board? Or can you? Yeah, I, when I read this, I thought it was a really good idea, and then you and I started doing the math on it, and uh, I still think it's a good idea. I just don't know if they're going to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a great idea if you can get that twenty five hundred dollars. Um, yeah, I, it it to me, I kind of like what we described. It was that this is the price that would be the shoot from the hip price if. If somebody is sitting there, you know, standing over your shoulder as you added equipment up, you could just quickly come up with a calculation and say, well, here's the labor and we'll just, you know, do it this way. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't seen this and I, I kind of wanted to go back and see some of the bigger jobs that I had and see if I had, um, you know, go back and dig up some quotes from way back in the day. <laughs> I was really doing some some higher end work and, and find out if this actually held up to what I was doing or even came in close because, if it's a more than one day job, like, uh, well, even, even some of these, I was like looking at like a $30,000 job or, or something. I mean, it's mm. going to be about $15,000 extra in labor or 30,000 in equipment, which I don't know they, over those types of jobs tend to last a couple of months, you know, there, yeah. there tend to be a couple, a couple of, uh, there tend to be time, there tended to be time that the, those took to, and, and project management and repeat visits and all that stuff. So, if I really think about it, maybe that it was a pretty good, would have been a pretty good thing to just kind of double check and cross-reference what I was quoting on labor. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have one more thing to add onto this, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Mr. Tim go first. One of the things that I do find interesting uh, beyond the rule of 47 was under their uh, profit lever margin aspects. They were talking about the, the, the sales mix and how Vital recommends a 60% equipment, 32% labor, and 8% parts. The growing trend that, that you and I've seen, especially, and, and it may not apply as much to residential, but we're definitely seeing in commercial, is a huge shift to, to more of a service world, right? Because you're not making those percentages. If I've got a, a $10,000 job and 60% of that is equipment that I might be making across the board, 15% on, um, that's not a lot. That, that is a lot of ex expenditure for a very minimal return on equipment. Does that line up with, with, with your traditional thought processes? It, is this, is this an, an accurate positioning, you think? Or is it just a, a higher-end positioning? I think it's a higher-end positioning. Um, okay. And one of the things that that we've talked about and, and people much smarter than me have talked about over the, over the last three or four years is that middle market, the shrinking middle market in residential uh, specifically, where you have the higher end and you'll always have the higher end, quote unquote, folks that, you know, want or are, are already going to spend $100,000 on a home theater. Well, what's, you know, another $20,000 to control it or what have you. And you've got the lower margin and those those folks are the ones who are either putting in them in themselves or purchasing it themselves and having help to put it in. Um, I think this is certainly a higher end, higher margin um, solution. I yeah. think what you've got is you do have a lot of dealers who are, uh, who don't have the higher end clientele, but still have a, a solid book of business. They are moving to the service area. They are moving to either a subscription um, or an annual uh, service agreement where, you know what, they come out and they fix, you know, X, Y, and Z and, and every, uh, every quarter they come out and they, they make sure that that you know the, everything is tightened down. You've got signal, you've got you know um, Wi-Fi wherever you you say you need it or want it. 
Um, but that is that is a service now, and, and that mm-hmm. is offsetting the lowering of the margins caused by a number of things, uh, including you know box sales and or, or box uh, stores as well as as online. But yeah, you you've got to look at this at this article, which is again really really written, really good, well written. But I, I think it does look at more towards the the higher end jobs. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's one thing that I discovered uh, when I when I was doing this. Um, that, that really saved the, the profit margin. And it, it became a rule at our company, and I've shared this before um, to, to my friends and, 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 and my listeners on my podcast, but the idea is Fridays. No installs on Friday, period. Like, forget about going out on, and doing an install on Friday because what happens is, is your client expects you to be done Friday. Um, and when you aren't done on Friday, they expect you to come back and finish over the weekend or after the weekend, right? Well, they're sitting there playing with this system over the weekend, making their punch list all weekend long, and it grows and it grows and it grows. And then you get back Monday, and they're just totally upset and want you to rip it out, even though you told them you wouldn't finish it on Friday. They've already forgotten about that. So keep your sanity. If you're doing installs on Friday, don't schedule them on Friday. Schedule them on Thursday or Monday. You know, Just bump it to the next week. Um, no good can come from installs on Friday. That'll, that'll save, that, that, that'll save your company right there. Guarantee it. <laughs> Better than 47s. <laughs> installs before a holiday. No. Yeah. Don't do it. It's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad yeah. juju. And, and don't update, don't update firmware on Friday or remotely. Don't uh, ever nope, update nope. firmware. No. Yeah. <laughs> if it's working, don't touch it. No, no. Hey, I, there, there are, there are reasons, especially as we get more and more concerns about security. If it's working, don't, don't touch it. <laughs> We, uh, I, I know guys are still doing this because we get we get served, we get calls on, at Blackwire for support on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern. So I I, I, you know, I know that they're I know that they're calling in and, and they're sweating bullets at that point because they know that the bar opens and they've got to get the video distribution system up <laughs> and uh, it's the weekend and they want to go home just as much as everybody else wants to start work and and, and not see them there anymore. So yeah, no more Friday installs. Do it on Monday. I love it. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, so much. Tim, if people want to connect with you, learn more about AV Nation or CTI, where can they do that? Don't. They just, they can't. <laughs> they can't. Uh, um, well, like your blues are terrible and, and the bears are let's see. still which, terrible. Which one of our teams made it farther in the, in the NHL playoffs? You forget who you're talking to. I don't actually care about hockey. That's right. You don't. Um, I, I think the bears will go farther than the Dallas Cowboys this year, at least. Ooh. So. And Seth, I'm with you. I was 100% rooting against Seth. If you're watching the video, Seth has a has a bolts. He's got his uh, bolts hat on. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. so, uh, Twitter, CD Albright. Uh, go by the website avionation.tv or uh, cti.com. Excellent, Seth, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Black Wire Design. Uh, and I'm with Tim. I was I was pulling for the bolts because we, we we don't have a hometown guy, but but Stamkos is like he grew up an hour away from here. And the oh, abs cool. had a guy who grew up like down the street from me, but he sucks. He's a terrible person. Um, I won't name him, but you can find him pretty quickly. <laughs> so do that. I'm not a fan. Well, you, can, you can find about everything we're doing over at blackwaredesigns.com. Uh, we, we have, uh, we, we, we've been branching out. We're, we're getting involved a little bit more with DMX lighting. So um, keep an eye on that space uh, there. We're, we're, we've got some commercial offerings too coming up, which is like, Pretty cool if we could get those commercial products in <laughs> from the manufacturers. It'd be nice. Oh, <laughs> the pain, the pain.
Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 